Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. You put me in a room with Satan without God. I'm a loser. Every time. You say, oh no, Pastor Mike, I've been a Christian a long time. I'm mature. I can beat him. You're an idiot. You'll be toast. The tentacles will wrap you up and spit you out. We've all tried it. It doesn't work. There are so many things in this world that entice us. John warns us of all the temptations that the world will flash in front of us. He tells us that to guard against the temptations or lusts of the flesh, the desires of the eyes, the pride of life, he tells us this so that we can guard against the temptations or lusts of the flesh, the desires of the eyes, and the pride of life. Pastor Mark will take a closer look at each of these temptations. We see the importance of these things every day on television and movies and on the internet. The Christ follower's desire should be for God and pleasing Him. So, the Christ follower should never be consumed with such things. He's given us a way to walk away from these temptations. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the book of 1 John chapter 2, verse 16, with our continuing study entitled, Don't Love the World. If you go back and some of you have been in church a long while, worldliness was usually only defined by us as some kind of outward behavior. And so we would come up in the churches with lists of things not to do. If I love the world, I won't do this. And I'll start with this one. Some of you are old enough to remember it. We don't smoke. We don't drink. We don't chew or See, three of them knew it. Or, or go, let, let me read it to you again. We don't smoke, we don't drink, we don't chew, and we don't go with girls that do. Thank you very much. <laughs> I'm holy. See, it's all what? It's all outward. It's all outward. But John says, wait a minute. I'm not teaching about that. We can do all these things that are sinful in our hearts and minds without doing them outwardly. So in other words, it's fairly easy for you to understand that when Jesus came in the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5, 6, and 7, Jesus said this, you know God has given us in the Ten Commandments, it's a sin to commit adultery. And the disciples went, yeah, and the religious leaders went, yeah, and then Jesus said that, but I tell you, if a man or woman looks at another man or woman with lust in their heart, they've already committed adultery. What? So he moved it from the outward to where? Right here. So I don't care how clean you look on the outside, that's not what 
That's not at all what John's talking about. Worldliness isn't really outside. Now, eventually, for sure, we live right when our heart's right. But it's all about the inside of us. And that's difficult because I can't see your heart. And you can't see my heart. But God can see it. So I want you to write this first so it'll make sense to you as we go through. It's not these do's and don'ts. I don't have this. No, it's not that. Look, look at Loving the world is all about the attitude of our heart. It's not about these external things. We made too much of that all these years. It's not about the external thing. It's about the heart. And that's why Jesus said he went right out of the heart come all these things. You can go to Matthew and see all these things that come out of our heart. Things that we, we get angry at somebody. Jesus said you just murdered them. I never murdered a person in my life. You just murdered them in your heart. So that's a hard thing because he takes it to another whole level because really, as we think in our heart, so we become. So that's what it's about. Now, I'm going to read verse 16 in the New King James because I'm going to use their, their wording. I like it better. Now, let me read it to you. For all that is in the world, he lists three things. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father. Doesn't come from God, but comes from this world system that we live in that's ruled by Satan. Now let me show you what, I think it'll be a good illustration for you today, what temptation looks like. Take a look on the overhead. You see an octopus. See, an octopus has tentacles. And that octopus can reach. He's got eight of them. He can reach around. And temptation is like an octopus. The world's tentacles wrapping around this, making us ineffective, getting us away from the will of God. And so today I want to talk to you about three tentacles. I think they'll be easy for you. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. And they're all about not outward things. I mean, it shows outwardly, but it's really about the attitude of our hearts. So here's the first one. Write it down this morning. Remember, these three are part of your enemy. It's not You say, well, Pastor Mark, this sermon has nothing to do with me. If you're breathing, it has everything to do with you. This is what happens. This is the way Satan tempts you. If I don't know the enemy and his ways, I will always be defeated. So listen up. Write it up on all of our campuses. Number one, the lust of the flesh is about my passions. The desire to do something apart from God's will. Remember, it's always against the will of God. So this has to do with the lust of the flesh, my old sin nature. Now look how Paul writes it. You see the beginning in Galatians 5. The old sinful nature loves to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Holy Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly, notice the wording, fighting each other. And your choices are never free from this conflict. This refers to the old sin nature that's you and I. We're either being ruled by my old flesh nature or by the spirit. Now, I want you to think about this. Notice what happened. The minute you became a Christian, God came to live in you. Your spirit was saved. Old things are passed away, everything became But you're left with your old sin nature. And that old sin nature, and you'll see what that looks like in a minute, is always against the spirit. Now, if you read this, it, it can make you feel a little bit discouraged. And, and they're constantly fighting each other. That shouldn't surprise you. And your, your choices. How I respond to temptation is always my choice. Remember the hot now sign? 
you shouldn't stop and get one of those donuts. You remember the story I told you. You say, God, if the hot and now sign's there, I'll stop. If it's not on, I'll just keep going. And you drive by Krispy Kreme, and it's not on. So after the tenth time around the block, <laughs> see, it was your choice. So let's read again. Constantly finding each other, and your choices are never free. So tell me, how long is this fight going to happen? Until you go to heaven. Say, oh me, right? Now, everybody just say, oh me. Oh me. Until you go to heaven. But you're going to see you can be victorious. Now, what does that look like? Let me show you. God has given us wonderful desires. Amazing desires that are good. Hunger, thirst, weariness, we get tired. Sex, God-given desires, just some of those. They're wonderful. But Satan knows how to take those same desires and inflame them. Turn them into actually lust. Now, the lust of the flesh focuses on these kind of things. So let me show you the dichotomy. A good desire that God gave us that ends up being a tool of Satan. Here we go. Hunger is good. Gluttony is a sin. See, we never talked about that. Well, smoking's a sin. It's a sin. But we never talked about gluttony. Gluttony is a sin. Thirst is good. Drunkenness is a sin. See, you can take a good desire and it can be all of a sudden a sin. How can that be? That's the old nature. Rest is good. Some of you are going to fight with me about this one. Rest is good. Laziness is a sin. Say, Pastor Mark, can you prove it? Yeah, I can. God said work is a good four-letter word. Do you realize how many men don't work and support their families? That's a shame. To me, it's a sin. I'm not talking about taking a day off. I'm not talking to get laid off and you have to find another job. I'm talking about just don't want to work. Just lazy. Or at work and are lazy. That's not doing right for God. No, it's wrong. So rest is good. Thirst is good. Hunger is good. Here's one. Sex is good. <laughs> is that a word you're unfamiliar with or, or what? By the way, how did you get here? Praise God. Let's try it again. Sex is a good desire from God. Praise God. I had hope. I thought we'd just tear the children's building down because nothing ever is going to happen again. Well, Pastor Mark, where is sex good? Did God really design sex to be good? A passionate thing? Orgasms and all that? Really good? Absolutely did. It's good within marriage. Any time outside of marriage? Man, man, woman, woman, man, woman, premarital adultery is a sin. Oh, best sort. Come on now. Come on, let, let's bring this Bible up to date. I just brought it up to date. That has never changed. Well, our TV, hello. What did I tell you? Everything we see on the TV has been infiltrated by who? Satan. Now, you that are younger don't get this, but when we used to watch family shows, mom and dad in the bedroom slept in two separate beds. How many remember that? Of course, it's fun getting on one. You know how that works. It's good. But at least on the TV, that's not there anymore. Everybody's having threesomes and this and that and the other, and our younger children are going, oh, okay, that's, that's okay. No, it isn't okay. 
Understand how culture has eroded. And the shift is right there. So when we think about all these things, you have to understand that that is the temptation that comes from Satan. Because the end result of that is the destruction of the family. And the family is the foundation of society. Number two, write this down. The lust of the eyes are possessions. So this is going to have to do with the kind of things that we have in our life. The desire to have something apart from God's will. It's coveting. It's accumulating things. We, we would call it today materialism. Now, don't get this wrong. God loves to give us good things. In fact, the Bible says in the book of James, every good and perfect gift comes from God. So God isn't a stingy father. He loves to give you things. This is the constant dodging, though, we have from Satan's tentacles that reach out from the TV and commercials and billboards and the internet, more, bigger, better. And, and we always struggle, and, and we really end up, you'll see the solution to this later, we, we really end up feeling, well, we're not content. We're anxious. King David had all the wives he needed. In fact, he had way more than God wanted. One day went out in the palace and he looked with the eyes and he saw Bathsheba. He desired her. It ended in disaster. It's amazing to me that King Solomon, his son, didn't learn from this. We remember last week, Solomon tried a thousand women and concubines. But it ended up with no satisfaction. Let me read you a verse. Maybe this will help you. Solomon in the later years, when he finally got it. By the way, let me just say this before that. The only thing that will bring you satisfaction in your life is not the newest this, the latest that. Nothing wrong with that. When this iPad gets old and they get a new one, I'm going to get a new one. Because I like updated. You like updated? That's fine. Okay. But I don't have to have four of them. I don't have to have whatever. It doesn't drive me. It's just common sense. But understand, the only thing that will give you lasting satisfaction is a relationship with Jesus Christ. Because all the rest of this stuff's going to go away. It's all going to go away. When you get in the new car, what's the thing you like in a new car? It's the smell. I wish I could design a bottle of that sucker. You can get a 12-year-old car and spray it. Somebody gives you, oh, is this a new car? You know what happens? That, that new smell goes away way quicker than the payments. I just thought I'd throw that in, in case you didn't know that. Here's what King Solomon said. Listen, no matter how much we see, we are never satisfied. Remember the opening story? One woman, one affair. Did it bring lasting satisfaction? No, it did not. See, Satan never shows us the end result. We've all been there. So when you begin thinking of that, let's move to the third one. We've covered two. The third one, the pride of life, our person. It's the desire. It's the desire to be something apart from God's will. You see, this is a sin that transformed brilliant Lucifer from a worship leader in heaven into the very devil himself who now tempts you and me. It's the pride of life, an unholy ambition, self-glory. Be famous. Make sure the attention's coming to you. Have power. Have authority. When somebody mentions your name, whoa, yeah. That pride, that obsession with you, me, our status, will destroy us. Now one day, Adam and Eve were in the garden. God said, one no, 
A no from God is good for us. Eve went right to it. Satan was right there, the tempter. The same three temptations I gave you this morning, Eve was given by Satan. She failed all three. The reason is, Adam then did, and what are we doing this morning? We have a sin nature. That came from that encounter. But when you go to the New Testament, Jesus, tested in the wilderness, overcame the same three temptations I gave you. So what does that show? It shows me that I can be, because I'm a Christ follower, I can be like Jesus, and I can learn to overcome these temptations. I can cut off the tentacles that Satan brings into my life. So I want to give you, I'm going to show you in a moment, three ways that we can do that. But before I do that, I'm going to ask you to turn to 1 Corinthians in your Bible, because sometimes we lack hope. When we see how strong these temptations are, we can kind of think, well, I'll I'll never get through it. So let me give you a a couple statements as you're turning there. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. 1 Corinthians 10, verse 13. All of our campuses. So let me remind you of three keys. Number one, temptation is attractive. I already talked to you about it. Sin is pleasurable. If sin wasn't pleasurable, nobody would sin. So sin is pleasurable. Number two, being tempted is not a sin. Giving in to the temptation is a sin. Jesus was tempted. We'll all be tempted. That isn't a sin. And number three, you're going to see here, temptation is universal. It affects everyone. Now look what Paul writes. I'm going to read it in the New Living Translation, verse 13. Now the temptations in your life, he's writing to believers, are no different from what others experience. See, sometimes we'll go like, Satan will say, you know, uh, you, you can't overdo that temptation. That temptation, nobody else has ever had that temptation. And so God's not going to deliver you from that. You're, you're the only one. You're special. So just give in to it. It's okay. You can give in. So it's okay. It's okay. Notice this. No, it's not okay. Every temptation is the same. Everybody's been tempted in all those things. So see, that's a lie. Then he goes on. The temptations in your life are no different from what they're experienced. Here's what you want to underline in your Bible. And God is faithful. So what does that mean? Every single time I'm tempted, you're going to see he will provide a way of escape out of the temptation. Notice, he will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. Have you ever said this? I just can't stand anymore. I'm going to give in. I I can't. I'm sorry. I just can't. No, 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 no. You're lying. That's a lie from Satan. He will never give you more than you can stand with God. When you are tempted, he, God, will show you a way out so that you can be victorious, so you can cut off that tentacle, so you can endure. Can I hear an amen somewhere? So every time I'm tempted, it's nothing's weird. People all over the world being tempted the same way. Seven plus billion people. There is a way out. Of course, I have to choose it. And you'll see later, that's the big deal. So here's what I want you to write as I get into the solution. Because the first part of this is a little like, wow, this is pretty rough. Yeah, it is. But here's the solution. Every Christ follower can overcome temptation. You have no excuse. Oh, it's too hard. It's too much. Too any background. You know, I'm weak. You have no excuse. God is faithful. He will provide a way. And I'm going to give you this morning four ways to overcome. Now, when you begin to think about that, one day Jesus, even in the even the Lord's Prayer that we talked about last week, Jesus said this as he taught us to pray, and don't let us yield to temptation 
but rescue us from the evil one. That's the daily prayer that we're supposed to pray. Don't, Matthew 6, 13, don't let us yield to the temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. Uh, To be honest, we should be praying that a few times a day because we're all tempted during the day. So look at me. There's no way to escape temptation. You can't escape it. You can't go anywhere. But we can always defeat it. We can always defeat it. Now, go back to 1 John chapter 4, 1 John chapter 4, and I want you to go to verse 4, and then I'm going to give you four keys this morning, all of our campuses. First key you want to write is this. Learn to be God-dependent and not self-sufficient. Learn to be God-dependent and not self-sufficient. Now, why should I do that? Look at 1 John 4, 4. You, dear children, Christians, are from God and have overcome them because the one who is in you, God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, is greater than the one who is in the world. So the only way to defeat Satan and his temptations is to be God-dependent. See, I am no match for Satan without God. But it's the one who lives in me is greater than Satan. You put me in a room with Satan without God, I'm a loser every time. You say, oh no, Pastor Mark, I've been a Christian a long time, I'm mature, I can beat him. You're an idiot. You'll be toast. The tentacles will wrap you up and spit you out. We've all tried it. It doesn't work. But I don't have to have any fear. But Pastor Mark, all those demons are around. Greater is he that's in me. Now the key is, some of you, he's not in you yet. You're in trouble. So greater is he. So I can't be this self-sufficient kind of a guy. You have God living in you. I don't have to fear. Greater is Jesus, the Holy Spirit, God living in me. In fact, last week, John wrote to those young people. Remember what he said to the young people? He said, I'm proud of you because you have overcome the evil one. Yeah, proof. It works. It works. So number two. I have to learn to be content, number two, with what we have because God is enough. Now, remember one of those temptations that we talked about. One of those temptations is the lust of the eyes, the desire to have more and more and more and more. But notice what Paul says in Philippians 4. I have learned, process, how to be content with whatever I have. I want to talk to you quickly about three things you need to be content with. What we have, who God made us, and where God has us. Number one, what we have. I already told you satisfaction is just making sure you're okay with what you have at this particular time. Doesn't mean we can't want to have other things. But if you can't be satisfied with what you have today... You won't be satisfied when you get the new thing a day after today. See, we have to live content. God has given us some really good desires. None of these are bad until we take them too far and use them in a way that they were not meant to be used. Pastor Mark used food as an example. Hunger is a good desire, but gluttony is a sin. Rest is good, but laziness is a sin. God gave us these desires, but Satan will use them to tempt us to sin and live in a way that's not according to God's will. Thanks so much for joining us today. Pastor Mark will continue to go through this series in the next edition of Lessons for Living. 
To add today's message to your study library, simply log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and select the Order a Message option from the main menu. The cost for each CD is $5, and that includes shipping. Again, to place an order for a CD, simply log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and select the Order a Message option from the main menu. Now here's Josh with today's message number and title. Thanks. The message number from today's broadcast is 6110, and the title of this message is Don't Love the World. Again, today's message number for ordering purposes is 6110. The title of this message is Don't Love the World. Place a marker in your Bibles and join us next time here on Lessons for Living as we continue to learn how to combat these temptations that we face every day. God's Word tells us that we can overcome temptation. Pastor Mark will give us four steps to conquer Satan at his own game. You see, greater is the one that lives in the Christ follower than he who is in the world. We have a choice to make. Which God will we follow? We've run out of time for today, but we do encourage you to tune in next time as Pastor Mark will continue sharing with us from the book of 1 John. That's next time on Lessons for Living. Let us hear your lessons.